Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode number 56 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we're talking about purity in death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this one uh, has Eve battling some vigilantes. I was um, reading it this whole time, and, and it's another one that I think is really kind of timely and relevant to today. Yeah. 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 I mean, we don't have anybody that's spreading, you know, a right. virus through a computer system, <laughs> but, but, but not yet. I mean, but, depending you know, on your definition of that. And there's a lot of discussion in this one about, you know, whether or not that kind of thing is right, should be done, yeah. you know, whether we should, I mean, obviously we should find people that do that kind of thing and prosecute them but you know there was a lot of discussion we'll talk about it I, i'm sure yeah, about yeah between yeah. eve and peabody and eve and rourke especially um mm-hmm. because rourke's like well you know the one guy um yeah it's you rourke was like yeah. well good I'm glad he's dead <laughs> yeah yeah well he knew him personally so right and he knew what he was into and he'd get you know i mean i'd get that right i would Always have the same. Well, and and then like how Eve reacts to Rourke's reaction. Like I, you know, yeah, you know, I think I don't think she understands what he's trying to say. I think she's yeah, you know, I think it was kind of hair trigger for her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not necessarily nice, but it's kind of a nice precursor to a couple books from now where yeah, they actually are on different sides. Mm-hmm. We're here. They're they're not really on different sides. They're coming from different places, and I think Eve doesn't see that. Right. She, she sees it as different sides. At least sometimes it feels that way. Yeah, and like he says in this book, she's very black and white. Mm-hmm. She does not see the shades of gray very easily. Right. Takes, I mean, she gets there eventually, but it takes her a while. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, a lot of it makes sense. I mean, because Rourke has done the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. So he yeah. he really does relate, I'm sure, to these people who started the Purity Seekers. Right. Um, you could say, I suppose, in some way, Eve has also done the same thing. Yeah. But she's not she's not in the same place with that i think rourke was like yeah i did it on purpose because they deserved it you know <laughs> whereas eve is eve's thing was more in self-defense you know right so um but i am pretty sure that that's one of the reasons why this conflict happens is because you know there's a place in eve deep down that feels like her father deserved it yeah and but you can't you also there's also that place that black and white place inside of her that says that you can't you know regular people can't mete out justice it's got to go through it's you know it's got to work in the way that it works you know through the whole system yeah so 100 yeah the yeah so the beginning is eve kind of getting a call from true heart saying he'd kill the man 
And it ended up being Louis K. Cogburn. Yes. Who um, had been beating people with a baseball bat. And right. somebody called for help and True Heart answered because he was on his way home and he heard him. And he went and uh, went up to the apartment and saw that Louis K. was beating a woman and um, then came after True Heart and True Heart drew his stunner and um, hit the guy with a stunner, who, which should have just stunned him, but actually ended up killing him. You know, when Eve comes to investigate, that's a big thing. You know, that's, you know, he hit, he, you hit him with a stunner. It shouldn't have killed him. So, yeah. Well, you know. and, you know, so he terminates the guy. And of course, you know, the fact that he called Eve first is right. And didn't call yeah. dispatch first. Yeah. Um, which I feel like no one flat out says this like exact obvious thing because it's a very obvious thing, but like it's a, he's a reactor, you know. This is uh-huh. our this is our first time. This is our first time in you know being around True Heart in this setting. We've had him in two other books where he's followed orders and followed orders. That's what he does, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And right. this this was he didn't have anyone to give him orders and he reacted. And I feel like that's just such a, such a relatable thing. Well, and I think also, yes, but I think also was that, you know, I mean, this whole, this whole issue of his stunning the guy should not have killed him. And I think had, had he stunned the guy and the guy was just stunned, he would have had the, the, you know, in his mind, okay, I'll call in dispatch, I'll call in backup mm-hmm. and, you know, wouldn't have even contacted Eve. But I think the fact that this guy um, ended up dead yeah, shocked him enough oh, to yeah. where he was like, what do I do now? Yeah, you know? I think I mean, he was totally in shock because also like, you know, you have all this training and True super eager and he wants to learn and wants to do things, but what could have possibly prepared him for something like that, that when you do standard weapon discharge, that it's going to kill a man. Right. You know? Yeah. He is. Yeah. Like he, it's, it's also maybe a kind of interesting example of the fact that you're never a hundred percent prepared for what you're going to come across. And I, I'm sure, I mean, obviously I'm not a police officer, but like, I feel like, there's a lot of this stuff that happens and then you, you just kind of hope that that's never you that has to deal right. with this stuff that happens yeah. and that you have like this, like normal stuff that you deal with. You're like, Oh, I deal with this and this and this and this. And then this thing happens way over here and it's so different and it throws you off your guard. And for, yeah, yeah I'm just like, this is such a relatable thing Yeah, because it's not, it's not just a standard domestic violence case yeah. or anything like that literally like also i tried to defend this woman and this man died from something so basic i don't know it's, right yeah so it's, it's confusing in that way but also his first the first time he's ever killed anyone yeah so both well, of those I, things are i think at this point in the series he's the only other one that we've talked about or we've met that's killed someone on the job that we know of that we know, know of, of yeah has peabody ever yet 
up to this point? No. I don't think that would go very well. I don't think Peabody has, period, has she? No. She's, she's, I don't think so. No. She has stunned some people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In this book. In this book, yeah. (laughs) Yes. But, like, I don't know, man. I I don't think that would go so well for her if this were to happen to her. Like, look at what I did at your heart. Mm. Yeah. I love the way the book starts that way, though. It's something completely different, and it's very, very intense. And I also feel like that's that's also contributing to a, a certain amount of Eve's anger toward the uh, purity seekers. Yes. One of the things, one of the notes that I put down here is obviously, you know, I mean, this whole, this book is about purity because, you know, they find the, the message on Louis K's computer that says absolute purity achieved. And that's a big mystery. Um, so obviously the books about purity I mean these people, you know, on the surface, it's, it's uh, like cleansing the world of these bad people, mm-hmm. I guess, right. creating purity in that way. Right. Um, but it's also I, a lot of it was about people's purity being taken away, you know, I think so. like, they, they talk a lot. You've talked a lot about, true heart being so pure you know mm-hmm. but this is kind of like rubbed some of that off him the whole thing it's also about you know the kids too because they find out that the link between all the people that are murdered are they preyed on kids one of them was a drug dealer and one of them was a pedophile and one of them did like videos you know yeah and they child porn and they all preyed on kids and so Mm -hmm. purity in that way means you know it's taking the purity away from these kids as well right there's something else to me um that when when you're talking about the theme of purity um that it's not as obvious it's not as as straightforward as that but the the youth of the people who are well, the cops, especially that are affected by this, mm-hmm. um, minus Feeney, like how how it was twenty eight, like he was yeah. super young. Like, yeah. is yeah. young. True Heart is very young, and then you turn that around and you get some other youth in here, and it's Jamie. Yeah, and, like the the way that that younger that the younger cops and the younger, which is I say that in like kind of a broad sense because. Eve is not exactly not young, but you know, right. just like the the way that the age is thrown around. Like there's there's a time when Eve is having a conversation with I think Somerset, and she's like, McNabb is 26, and she's like mm-hmm. upset that he's yeah. so young he might not yeah. ever be able to walk again, and just like all of that. Um, to yeah. me, when I think of like the youth and the purity around that. I, I wonder if that's also part of the theme that she was trying to convey there, mm-hmm. really focusing on that. You know, it could have she could have chosen to do that to any cop in Feeney's division. That yeah. Was, you know, that was not in their 20s. So I don't know. I found that to be interesting, too. And then throwing right. Jamie into the mix made it kind of fun, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Jamie is not something you, someone you would be like, oh, Jamie, pure is not a word you'd use for Jamie. No. But, but he's but he is there's a sort of innocence to yeah. him 
Yeah. As a, as a kid, kind of in the same regard as True Heart. I don't know. I just thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Peabody too. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Peabody comes into an interesting focus in this book because, and we, you know, thank God because of, of McNabb's recovery, but like there's, there's a little bit of caregiver fatigue kind of brought upon there. And that's not something that a young pop would ever be thinking about. No. Yeah. And also just like the, that first fear, like when they, when they go to enter the, the division, when, when even Peabody are going up to EDD and just like yeah. that, this like terrifying moment of to grow up in that sense. And I mean, we've seen Peabody go through some shit already, you know, with, yeah. Uh, you know, and then her brother was, you know, so like she's, but she's still got like, you know, we love Peabody. She's got this sweetness and this innocence anyway. Yeah. And this, this is a pretty rough case for someone who wants to like believe in the good of others and, mm-hmm. and is just sweet like that. So right. yeah, I think right. So yeah, uh, lots of purity. <laughs> lots yeah. of purity. And um, <clears throat> I think that there's also another a separate underlying theme here and it's the whole whole um theme of family mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah that hit me a lot yeah in this read. it hits me so hard whenever um there was there was at least one time i reading this book that it's the dinner scene yeah of course yeah where you know and i'm like that i was like i might cry now like this is just (laughs) and and like eve you know i mean i i i have my family but i'm not close to them at all my family are my friends and so that's you know one of the ways i connect with eve most and i love that i mean you'll hear me talk about it on basic snitches all the time about harry's you know chosen family and how he's created this family around himself because he doesn't have you know his relatives and i'm like that's that is and that's it's a huge it's a huge fiction trope of course of course the the person who doesn't have their parents creating their own family but it's not often explored in a 30 something year old woman it's always a child and i i love that (laughs) you know it's like wow and especially with portrait coming up there's just yeah. a lot yeah there's, there's a lot yeah i yeah. love that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. and you know i mean it's not even just eve creating her family but it's again the underlying um motive for purity is people mm-hmm. trying to trying to protect their families it's trying to protect their family yeah yeah you know yeah, a lot of it's about eve wanting to protect her own family the family that mm-hmm. she's you know that she's put together for herself yeah. so this one, this one is so good it's yeah. just the way that all this kind of has all those beautiful underlying themes i think yeah. is mm-hmm. so this poor guy was uh killed and uh true heart <laughs> supposedly killed him but you know we know that didn't happen because right. they're already suspecting that something went horribly wrong and and eve goes to the morgue after they get you know morris gets the guy into the morgue and um they morris tells her that for some reason the guy's brain was swollen to the point where it just exploded 
and, and that he would have died anyway right very soon right um but he also says that to eve that it's it seems like a viral thing like a like a viral a virus that he got mm-hmm. and eve's like that's ridiculous you know computers can get virus but they can't give them to people but this is in death world so anything can happen. right yeah, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I hope it just stays in in death world right yeah. some of this stuff you kind of have to suspend disbelief <laughs> right but prior to them knowing that um feeney assigned they got um louis k's computer and it's in edd and feeney assigns it to this guy um uh holloway yes kevin 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 yeah. we've never met before no right he's one of those unfortunate he's a red shirt yeah right. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Yep. Sorry, Kevin. You're wearing a red shirt. Yes. Um, and uh, so Kevin has this machine and he's uh, looking into it and slowly starting to go insane himself a little bit and yep. has an argument mm-hmm. with McNabb. And um, at a certain point, he just goes nuts and he yeah yeah gets gets up from his machine and he goes over to mcnab's workstation and stuns mcnab and then he runs into feeney's office and takes feeney hostage so now there's a hostage situation happening i think that's a pretty scary one to like you know the first time i read that i was like oh my god that is a really this intense, is insane and a really and, intense situation yeah yeah even though because i read my first book was a later book you know even though i'd done that it was the suspense in the scene is just really great when eve gets in there you know i'm like is feeney gonna be okay what you know like yeah i i know he's alive but is he gonna be okay you know right, right. Because you, you don't know that first time you read it and it's so well written and it's mm-hmm. so suspenseful and yeah yeah and i think this is the first time where you really i mean because obviously we've already decided that feeney is a father figure to eve mm-hmm. uh, the, this is the first time i think where you really see a lot of kind of um affection yeah. father daughter type affection between yeah. them yeah there because, were a lot of God forbid they let you see it anytime yeah mm-hmm. but there were a lot of moments there that i was just like oh yeah i know yeah all throughout the book not just in the scene but all throughout the book there's a right. lot of like that there's during this scene yeah well. and then later on you know with the uh, the scene with the knab when mcnab you know yep. was starting to heal they have a moment there but yeah. again you know it's just more family stuff happening this scene is pretty crazy yeah i mean the scene yeah it's it's a really and and you can't help but feel bad for the kid because you know you know that it's not his fault i mean it's not right i know no. like i every time i read that do you okay so it's like if you guys ever watch a movie or you read a book and you're like i just want it to be different this time yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just, so many times and like this is one that i just and obviously like we've had a lot of sympathetic victims through this series oh for sure 
Kevin Holloway is one that really every time I'm just like, this is so heart wrenching and it's probably influenced by Feeney, you know, and just how much this affects him. But at the same time, like, it's just an awful thing. Right. Oh, it makes me so sad. Well, it's, it's, and it's the same with the first murder or, you know, um, when he goes after the other two people in his building. Mm-hmm. and starts beating with the bat i mean it, you know it's it's just establishing this uh this line of thought where you know you you're not just gonna you're not just gonna go after bad guys you know once you start going after yeah. bad guys in this kind of way there's going to be casualties civilian casualties essentially yeah. but you know i mean obviously holloway wasn't a civilian but you know what i'm saying there's going to be you're going to hit people that you don't mean to hit innocents are going to die yeah and that's and that is and the thing is is like eve is once once she's figuring out what's going on so not too long into the book she's like hold on we're not thinking about this and i'm sure that we will find some reviews that are like how did he figure this out so fast but honestly (laughs) that's that's not what you're immediately thinking is yeah you know, the very first one we meet, there is a character who is murdered on top of the guy who was the target. And then another person severely injured. And then a police officer was injured. Like, mm-hmm. Drew Hart didn't come out of that unscathed. Right. No. When they get the first transmission from uh, the purity seekers, and it doesn't yeah. mention yeah. Rooster yeah, at right. all. And right. he's kind of pissed and that's at that. When she's like, um, excuse me, we don't talk about that this guy is dead. Yeah. Right. You know? and then- progresses into more and more of that but you know i'm just waiting for the for the review that's like how did he figure this out so fast it's not even that she figured it out dudes like don't go for other people like don't do this because other people are going to die yeah literal first chapter of the book bye yeah but and i mean it's not hard to figure out when you've got a pattern that quickly yeah right yeah she's a homicide lieutenant for a reason Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's obvious you're going to you're going to say, OK, here's the two people that were targeted. Right. What do they have in common? Yeah, their brains exploded. Well, but I mean, where do they cross? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. In this book, the connection is a lot easier to find. But yeah, I don't know. I just get tired of about things. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're shocked. Um. But no, I will, I will say it again. Like Kevin Holloway is one that I'm always like, can I, can you not die this time? Yeah. Can we I'm take sad, that? You know? Yeah. And yeah. then it's reiterated at the end of the book when what's her name still dies. Yeah. That they, that yeah. they take in and you're like, this is, you know, and Eve's like, this is all for nothing, you know, then right. yeah. so much into how Eve responds. Yeah. It's so frustrating because you see them doing so much to, to try to save them and it's just honestly i kept see i kept now every time i reread it i think how i mean they're going they're going to die once they're initially infected i mean just thinking about it biologically and physiologically once that infection's in there there's nothing doctors are going to be able to do to reverse that they've never right. seen anything like they've that never before. Seen it before i know wow. i think i think that that in a read and the original read though i feel like there's some kind of holdout for, oh sure, for, sure, sure. For, in the original, yeah. but you know, now you know, rereading. 
maybe they'll be able to save her. But, you know, we've, we've gotten all this information and yeah. and they, they, they did that op so smoothly, kind of. And um, <laughs> like they took her in and then she died anyway. And it's just like, oh, yeah, right. yeah. This one is this one is rough, and it's. Eh, I'm sorry. I'm like dominating this. I just I'm like no, it's fine. fine. Oh, no. But like you said this at the beginning of this episode, AJ. Like this is kind of relevant, and I'm like, this is this is scary. I don't know this. This whole thing is is uncomfortable because you're like if they were there are people in this world not in in death world in this world that if they knew how to do that by god they would do it it. and that is terrifying right because the truth it is the absolute truth 100 percent. right what we didn't talk about that happened in this scene is that i mean we did mention it but you know mcnab got shot by mcnab got that holloway got he got uh yeah zapped yes and had to be taken to the hospital so even rourke have to go to the hospital to see mcnab and um you know he's never comfortable in a hospital (laughs) (laughs) yeah the lady in the elevator like oh i can get off anywhere it's okay That's such a cute scene, though. Poor Rourke is trying to like calm her down. Like it's okay, it's okay. Yes, but he's he's good at it, you know. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's just cute. Yeah, you know. I look like I kick old ladies. Oh, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, shift your jacket a little bit, please. It's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, right after she said that is another one of my favorite lines because she says, you know, like you said do I look like I stomp on old ladies for recreation and works as actually. And she's like, just keep that silk tongue of yours still. And he says, that's not what you said last night. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Rourke. A lot of sex banter in this book. There's a lot of sex banter in this book more and than it, normal. And it's good though. Like it's real. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's real gold. Yeah. It's gold, but there's a lot more than normal. And I was just kind of like, damn, works a little horny this book. Like, yeah. I mean, once yeah. things get intense, it gets intense in every yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the sex has to, I mean, not know. that he's ever not horny, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's always horny. He's always horny. You know, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. That's how he rolls. Yeah, pretty much. He lives, he lives his life in a perpetual state of horniness. <laughs> he really you does. Know what? You know, whatever works for him. Yeah, and that scene, just just seeing Eve be so miserable about, you know, McNabb having been injured and have to, having to be in the hospital and then saying to Rourke, isn't there a way we can get him out of here? Because she, she hates hospitals. Yeah. yeah, I know, but it's just so sweet that she wants him. Yeah, you know, you know, because she could have very easily said, you know, get him out of here, and we'll pay for somebody to, you know, yeah. person at home. She didn't have to bring him to their place, or or I, think, you know. I really want him to be out of here, but I, but he's in the best place to that he can be to yeah. heal. It shouldn't say right. that either. And Rourke's right; she's actually a softie. I mean. <laughs> She 
really is. And it's like, oh, but you I, don't often see it, you know. Where's the lie? <laughs> but I we're going to see, but we're going to get that review that says, you know, Eve's so horrible. She's horrible to people. She's a mean person. Yeah. You know, yeah, of course. So obviously you reviewer just glossed over all of these moments where she's, you know, Lieutenant Softy. Yeah. Which you know. there are a lot. Mm-hmm. This scene also gave us that really great line of man, God, Rourke. Man, God, Rourke. When Peabody breaks down after they leave McNabb's room. Another sweet moment. Yeah. You know, on yeah. Eve's shoulder. And Eve's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> she I can, I can no, totally she relate. Down with her and she, you know, she calms her down and. Mm-hmm. takes care of things so yeah. absolutely Eve's a lot better at that stuff than she thinks she is yeah it's true yeah, yeah. I think that's 10,000% the truth and <laughs> yeah. that's one of the reasons why I get mad at the reviewers and they're like she's awful yeah <laughs> and yeah. I'm like even what? during times when I'm sure these people are saying like, well, that was an awful thing for her to say. If you look at it, you know, like, so there's a, there's a quote here too, where right before they leave McNabb's uh, room and they've told him that they're going to take him home with, with them, you know, um, yeah. Eve's all like, well, we got to go stock the auto chef with gruel, another tasty <laughs> invalid food. I love that line. See you around, you know. <laughs> that's her way of handling that which is why she's so brilliant yeah yeah Yeah. she says stuff like that all the time that sounds horrible she doesn't mean it in that way but yeah yeah it's totally a defense mechanism yeah and it's sarcasm that's oh yes it's sarcasm yeah sarcasm i think the people that don't understand sarcasm are also people that don't like heat because of that they don't i think people who don't understand sarcasm should not read these books agreed You also should just not really read things. They shouldn't live in the world, honestly. Let's <laughs> honestly, it, well, it hurts. Um, it hurts. I know people who can't, um, who don't. I do too, and it, they, they most of the people that I know that can't understand it annoy the shit out of me. But <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's going to happen now is Eve is going to set up a little computer lab in her not necessarily in her home office, but at their home so that they can test this computer that they've gotten. There is kind of another little sweet moment between Eve and and Feeney at that, because I don't know, did Feeney bring over the computer? No, he came over with McNabb. And they had a little discussion and he's like, he's like feeling horrible about himself. And, you know, she tells him, you know, go home and be with his wife because his wife needs to see that he's okay yeah i really like that that line is in there because we're we spend so much time with the action of the story and really like with the the main i mean rourke is basically always there you know so reminding us that like feeny had this scary thing happen and he's got family at home that i don't know i just really like that reminder well, and it's Eve recognizing that because she's finally mm-hmm. recognized it for herself. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Rourke was there when all that happened because he saw a news 
broadcast that said that there was shooting at Cop Central and somebody had been taken hostage and it scared the crap out of him. He drove over to Cop Central right away just to make sure she was okay. So she understands that, you know, oh, well, because prior to that, it's, you know, she probably wouldn't even have thought about that. Right. Yeah. You want to start working right away? Let's get to work right away. You know? Yeah. Yeah, But now she's thinking, oh, you know, but he's got a wife and and like Rourke, she's probably worrying about him. Well, she said she's like, she's not going to feel better until she sees you. So obviously she's no at this point. Yeah. But again, this is something that she's learned being, you know, a year married to Rourke. Yeah. That would probably have never occurred to her before. Never occurred to her. No. Yeah. Uh, Growth, character growth. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> growth. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought character growth is a thing? Yeah, you don't what? just snap judgment and decide you hate a character and not watch any of their growth and not pay attention. No, we don't do that. What? Yeah. We don't do that here. I know. Yeah. It's and then this is when Baxter. Isn't this when Baxter calls Eve? <laughs> yes. This is when Baxter this is calls a very, Eve. Very, very high volume Baxter story, and I'm here for it. <laughs> it, yeah it really is it, yeah. Baxter is legit here to give us all the relief we need from the rest of the story and to give us the feel to delight yeah yeah he's Baxter you gotta love him he's a delight in this story <laughs> he really he is really is that's my that's my boy so <laughs> um yeah Baxter caught a case uh Chadwick Fitzhugh who is the second victim and the only reason they know that is because he's got a message on his computer screen saying absolute purity achieved so Eve leaves right away to go see what you know Baxter's you know investigate along with Baxter and then she takes the she takes the case away from Baxter, but then tells him like, Hey, I could use you at my home office helping us with this, um, with this case. So yeah, she goes and, uh, goes to the scene of the crime that Baxter's at and takes a look at cursory, you know, the first look at the scene for Chadwick Fitzhugh. And then after that, she comes home and then she mentions it's Rourke. And this is where the kind of conflict Yes. Between her and Rourke start. She mentions Fitzhugh and Rourke is like, hell yes. Yeah. Thank <laughs> God that that guy is like, he is, he has no sympathy for Fitzhugh at all whatsoever. And not only just that, because, you know, Fitzhugh is a child molester and, um, you know, that's horrible uh, yeah. because he was that way, but his family always acted like they were better than Rourke and would never do business with Rourke. Yeah. Even though, you know, he knew that this guy was a, I don't want to be friends with you anyway. Well, (laughs) in what, what I love that he said was his family's old money, very upper crust and pedigreed too fine to do business with the likes of me, though they have done, he says, until the sneaking badgers favored form of entertainment got out and about then it was me who wouldn't do business with them even a dublin alley rats got to have standards i do love that i do love that line too that rourke is like i actually don't do business with this terrible human yeah but yeah i mean so they have that whole discussion about does rourke think it's okay you know to for them to do what they did 
purity. And he doesn't say it is, but she. No. Yeah. I think I think she just it's a lot of reaction and like tension and stuff. And, you know, this is how conflict is formed. Yeah. And it's a, it's an understandable conflict. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes there's conflict in the books and you're like, yeah, it's kind of seems a little bit contrived. Yeah, because we needed a conflict and yeah, you know. and we talk about the my fight about money and strangers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet, but I am going to. You guys have no idea what a rant you're going to get out of me about that fight. But I mean, this one, dumbest fight in this, these books. Yeah, well, I agree, but mm. um, but this one seems understandable. Um, yeah. and and you know, I mean the. For us as the reader, it's hard too because we understand Rourke's point, you know? Yeah. If I heard somebody who was a pedophile was dead, I wouldn't be, you know, sad you at all. It? But on the other hand, I don't approve of killing him this way, you know? No. So, no. I mean, what do you do? No. Like, I'd yeah. rather see somebody like that go to prison and. Right. It passed around all the other inmates. I mean, honestly. Right, right. That's probably a horrible thing to say, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a big, you know, there's not a big, it's a little bit of a conflict between Eve and Rourke. I think they iron it out pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, because but, I think finally, he. I mean, he explains it to her in a way that, because he knows he has to explain it to her that way, because otherwise she won't get it. Right. Yeah. He's learned that much, and so has she, I guess. Right. So, but in the midst of all of this, Eve gets a call from Nadine, and Nadine has gotten a kind of a statement from the a group called the Purity Seekers. And they're the ones that are doing this. Uh, so Eve like, is like, don't do anything. You know, I'm coming right now. Get off your computer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and even Rourke rush over to Nadine's and confiscate her. Com- Did they confiscate her computer? No, no, they don't. They just because she has the disc. They confiscate right. the disc. Yeah. 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 But Nadine does say, I'm going to go. I'm going to air this first right. thing in the morning. So and, and what I love about it is that when the, when she's talking to Nadine, you know, um, she's Nadine is kind of sort of on Rourke's side even though she doesn't think this is right, you know, she's not siding with the purity seekers, but then Eve says something about that doesn't mean I'm going to do a happy dance, knowing you're going to be broadcasting this crap guardians, my ass, you can't put a damn halo on murder. And Nadine right away is like, good one. Can I quote you? (laughs) This is off the record. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then because right after that, Eve says, heroism isn't achieved by remote control. And Nadine says, if you keep spouting sound bites like that off the record, I'm going to break down and cry. So she and Whitney and the mayor give statements to the press. And then afterward, Whitney tells Eve that she has to work with the deputy mayor, who is Jenna Franco, and the mayor's media liaison, Lee Chang, to give a press conference the next day, which Eve is not very happy. He's happy like, about. nah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Yes. 
ass. Exactly. Right. So next day we see them at Eve's home office and they're starting, they're setting up to investigate the purity seekers, look into this, um, this computer that's been infected. Um, McNabb is there, still can't move his right side. So he's in a wheelchair. Everybody's there. And then all of a sudden Jamie Lindstrom walks in <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Uh-uh. We, we uh, can't have a kid here. Yeah. What the hell? And then <laughs> Jamie's amazing line: "Genius has no age." Yeah. Genius has no age. <laughs> oh, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, um, Rourke saying to Eve, "I have no intention of allowing him to do anything that puts him in physical jeopardy." And Eve says, "Neither of us intended that last fall either." But he came damn close. And he's, yeah. And she says, and he's like Feeney's family. So, another word, you more know, family. More family. Eve says, I mean, Rourke says exactly it'll give Feeney a lift to work with him. And I love that it doesn't, it does not phase Feeney one bit to have Jamie there. He's yeah, no. like, Rourke is like, nah, he'll like this. Yep. And he doesn't not like it. Phoebe's like, okay, this is normal. <laughs> like, yeah. After some investigation for, you know, those people out there that are going to complain and say, like, how did she come to that? How did she know this so quickly? Um, <laughs> they, um, they were able to look through some records and find that that were, there were about 25 kids in the system who had um, dealings with both uh, Louis K and with Fitzhugh. Yes. So now they're kind of like focusing in on those 25 kids. And they also found out that those 25 kids had the same caseworker. And that was Clarissa Price. Right. That's another point where they all intersect. Yes. Um, they also cross with a cop named Thomas Dwyer because Thomas Dwyer was involved in the investigations of, you know, Cogburn and Fitzhugh in all the cases for these 25 kids. Mm-hmm. He was apparently also involved in taking down this child porn ring that include included a daycare worker named Mary Ellen George and she had been put on trial and was acquitted so that's just kind of a little bit of foreshadowing yep for us in this book guess what? <laughs> <laughs> so even Eve takes Peabody and they go down to question Caloris a price but of course she denies that she knows anything and denies that she even knows who Eve is and Eve is positive that she's lying and she puts Clarissa on her shortlist as a person. I love love how Eve comes to that conclusion afterwards. Like she, how she explains to Peabody why, you know, why she's like, no, 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 this bitch was lying. Well, I mean, yeah, if it helps, I think it helps us 
Like, because my brain doesn't go that way. Anyway, I was like, she seems suspicious. And then Eve gives you, like, her rundown about why she's suspicious. And you're like, sure. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Because it's 100% right. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't know who Eve is, but you're always watching Channel 75. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eve's just not that way. (laughs) Back at Eve's home office. Uh. The EDD team is working on a filter to block the virus from anyone working on the infected computer. And Jamie suggests to Rourke that they need someone to test the units. And they argue, but in the end, Rourke agrees and and convinces Feeney. And then Rourke and Feeney flip a coin to see who would be the one one to run the test. Rourke's a cheater. Rourke's a cheater. (laughs) Rourke is such a cheater. Rourke... Uh, ends up winning the coin toss. The coin toss. <laughs> coin toss. <laughs> God, I love it. The, the coin toss. Um, underhandedly. <laughs> and is the one to... And Feeney is suspicious. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean... Because he knows better. Yeah. Indeed. Um, while EDD sets up the test Rourke tapes a gun under the desk he will be using then touches the button in his pocket before running the test dumbass <laughs> we'll get the button I, I just dumbass yeah I mean it was anyway. it was a stupid thing to do I'm actually surprised that Eve wasn't more upset yeah you know agreed I mean she was upset don't get me wrong. I mean, no, but she but, got over it pretty quickly. Yeah. Probably understanding, you know, that they were right. That they did have to have somebody I test mean, the machine. I get that. But I mean, he, yeah, dumbass. Yeah. Yes. The button moment is very, very sweet, but dumbass. <laughs> and he knows he's a dumbass. That's the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. He's very oh, aware yeah. of it. He's like, this is not going to go well. This is a thing I feel has to be done. Right. But no one's going to be pleased. Especially my wife. (laughs) Especially my wife. Eve uh, Eve is off. I mean, she and Whitney and Chang and all the people are, you know, having a big argument because they wanted to do more TV than Eve really wanted to do. Yeah. And they have this heated argument, but. And Eve is so pissed. And yeah, well, I mean, I would be too. Like, yeah, I I get her. Like, I'm trying to investigate this thing. I don't have time to go on every single like morning talk show. No. Or, you know, news Mm -hmm. channel or news outlet or whatever, you know, when I'm trying to investigate something. Then right after that, she gets the call that Mary Ellen George, who. They had already looked at, already discussed her, has uh, been found dead. And after a preliminary investigation of George's death, um, Eve has to go right back to get ready for her media conference, where she has another argument with Chang and Franco about Eve's telling uh, Franco, like, I have reason to believe vigilantes grow to like their work. That power unchecked will corrupt its own agenda. That violence given impunity and approval breeds more, which she's not wrong. That's true. 
I just like they're getting ready for this um, press conference that they're going to have her and Franco. And, uh, you know, they're very different because Franco's learned to use her like femininity to get to the places she wants to go. Mm-hmm. And Eve is not like that at all, you know. Ah. So they're very, very different in that respect. And they're kind of having a little argument about this whole thing. And Franco at one point says to Eve, we're due at least comb your hair, you know, and (laughs) Eve said, it says keeping her face carefully blank. Eve raked her fingers through her hair twice. That's it. (laughs) And Franco says, how in God's name did you manage to snap up a man like Rourke? This is when I would have punched that bitch. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I hate her so much for that. Like, I hate her so much. Literally right. from the beginning. Yeah. Right. Ugh. But here's the thing that I find interesting, though. Maybe Eve realized, in the back of her mind, somehow realized who was behind it all. Because the next thing Eve says to her is, if you're thinking to insult me enough that I that I plant a fist in your face and get myself removed from this investigation. So you can toss the media a more attractive image as primary. I'll tell you that while it's very tempting, I'm going to see this case through. I'm going to close it after that all bets are off. But, you know, maybe that's what Franco was kind of trying to do now in, in retrospect. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe I don't knew. know that it really clicked for Eve until the green thing with when they figured out the mayor, but right. Yeah. Yeah. So even Peabody go back to the home office to check on the progress there. And that's when Eve finds out that Rourke tested the infected machine and now she's pissed. Like we said, Rourke explains to her why they did it and it makes things a little bit better, but you know, he admitted that he should have cleared it with Eve first. But then Eve also takes Peabody aside and tells her, like, you need to stop hovering over McNabb. Mm-hmm. You know. And she's right. She's right. <laughs> you know. Is it this one where she's like, she says to her that, you know, you're showing him that you're worried and we don't really right. want to make that, you know, we don't want him to be catching on to that. Yeah, he's I already on the edge. Be like, when I was, I mentioned this earlier, like about how, um, you know, how this gone on a little longer and Peabody may have hit some real caregiver fatigue. I don't think that it gets too bad because it lasts for such a short amount of time, but right. like, it's, it's just another case of someone who's not prepared for this thing that they're now dealing with just very, very much how true heart is at the beginning. Like you go, you go become a, a police officer and you're like i'm here to help people i'm here to help people i don't expect that when i just charge my weapon it's going to kill them you know right, doesn't right. expect that on top of being a police officer she's now going to suddenly be caring for a person who is who was a day ago perfectly healthy and fine you know right right um but i just i just love that eve Eve is very kind in that moment. Again, I don't know. We, we think that Eve's an asshole, um, but she's like, don't do this. So she handles, again, she handles Peabody so well, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't do this. I know you're worried. I don't, this is not going to help. 
Is this where she tells her she can um, scream on the balcony if she wants to? Yeah, she can yeah. go scream on the balcony. And then she's like, you can't have sex with Rourke. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Eve says, you know, I, how I do it is I usually I'll, I'll kick something or I'll have sex with Rourke. But that's not an option for you. Right. <laughs> Everybody's like, I don't know, man. That's, that might that might be the one I need. That might really I mean, help. I mean, she's not wrong. That would help anybody, I think. Right. Yeah. So um, now prior to this, when they were driving over, they kind of even Peabody kind of got into it a little bit. The whole thing with Eve is she's saying like uh, maybe whoever's manning the switch doesn't like the way Mr. Smith with with his pretty wife and charming little girl and small household pet lives his life. Maybe he decides Mr. Smith shouldn't be cruising the porn sites. Or stopping off at a strip club after a hard day of selling furniture or occasionally getting zonked on zoner with his pretty wife. Mr. Smith isn't following all the rules as well as he should be. Time to make an example of Mr. Smith and others like him. You know, so basically saying that unchecked, I mean, this is right now they're killing people who are obviously, you know, harming other people. But then you get into this murky territory where, yeah, maybe... Oh, I, I just, you know, my neighbor's an asshole because every single, you know, Sunday night he's uh, he's playing music really loud until fucking two o'clock in the morning, like some people's neighbors are. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and maybe he decides like maybe that person deserves it, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where where do you draw yeah. the line? Where do you draw the line? Well, and I think that that this particular conversation is i think that it's a smartly added conversation to kind of show the the progression of the of the idea that eve has that this this is where this is going to end up mm-hmm. and i'm not having it um, right right versus i don't i don't know that that peabody is saying what rourke was saying i think she's more like she can't possibly imagine that this that it would go in this direction you know right because she's like, well, they're they're targeting known people. They're targeting these people, and she is not seeing what Eve is seeing. She is seeing right. what the speakers are seeking seeing in the this is what we're going for. Um, right. And I don't think I don't know that she like maybe doesn't want to think beyond that, or she just hasn't made that connection. And then you know Eve has to kind of like bring us forward with that, but because Eve's been seeing it since the beginning and recognizing that Ralph Wooster and Kevin Holloway are just the beginning of right. like people who could be affected anyway. And when they're finished with this initial set of all the bad people that we've already talked about, then they're going to work on those people who are like, um, yeah, that guy looks at porn at night when his wife goes to bed. And, you know, so Eve is just in a different place there. And I think it shows her i don't know maybe just her her forethought in this instance and if this conversation had happened with rourke it wouldn't have been informative it would have just been another argument so i appreciate that the conversation was this way because that's i think i think we needed to get that thought process from eve out and you can't do all that in in her head you know she has to have that conversation with someone and it can't be with work or else we're not going to progress. Right. Yeah. We're just going to fight. So I don't know. I, 
again, I, I am always, I know I'm always saying this, but I just really love how she gives us information. Yeah. And it's necessary because as a reader, yeah. I mean, you're, you may be on Rourke's side and going like, well, I, these guys kind of deserved yeah. it. So, I mean, yeah. why should I really feel bad for these? Should I really be angry at these purity seekers? Because I mean, right. they are kind of doing a public service. Let's be honest in that kind of thing. And you don't take it to that point, you know, until Eve says yeah. that and then you go like, oh yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe you do see somebody out cheating on their wife and go like, okay, well, yeah, you know, that's not okay. That's not okay. That's yeah. you've just broken a, a commandment. So right. how'd you go? Yeah. And, and taken to its extreme, it could go that way. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, it's, it is important that you have that discussion because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Absolutely. It, it, in a way that it can tell us what we need to know without it being something you thinks about in her head. So yeah, they get back home and that's when she has the discussion with Peabody about like, yeah, go on the, go on the uh, balcony and scream, (laughs) you know? Um, And then Peabody comes back in they're going to get back to work, but then they're interrupted by, Mavis. Uh, I was just giving the response that Jen would be giving. Mavis. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is this is a good reason for Mavis B. It's lovely and it's just it's very unfortunate. This scene I find to be so unfortunate um, because Eve is not in a place where she can appreciate any of this. Right. and Mavis comes in, and Mavis is like walking on clouds. She's so mm-hmm. happy. And she, I mean, and obviously Eve is not a person who would, if she's even in the right circumstance, going to joy over it. But like, she can't actually appreciate this moment either because they're on such opposite ends of everything right now. And it's right. just the timing is awful. And I just feel bad. The whole <laughs> I'm like, uh, I feel bad for both of you because Mavis has no idea. She literally has no idea what she's walking into, you know, when she comes into the house, like all of the shit that's going on. With Eve going like, yeah, I don't have time for you. I No, no. I mean, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk later. We'll get together later. We'll talk later. Mavis is like, no, no, I need to talk to you right now in private. Look at Jen's face right now. Would you like to say something, Jen? No, but <laughs> I think you guys know my feelings. I, I, yes, I do know how you feel about Mavis, but you have to admit this is an important thing. And for her to tell her best friend and her family. But read the room. Well, I mean, yes, it could have waited a day. Um, it yeah, it could have. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I mean, if you're that person that I've got this huge news and I want to share it with my best friend and you're like, you're about ready to pop, you're right. Yeah. You go over to the house because you don't know what the room is. You, you haven't seen it. You haven't been there yet. I mean, you know, and you go in there and but, you know, now you're there and now you're like, well, I have to tell you just a couple minutes. I have to please let me tell you. I, I mean, I would be that way. Like, you know, yeah. No, I totally see I mean, it. Like, yeah, I guess. The, the other thing is, is like the room she interrupts is even Peabody. Mm-hmm. And 
it's not like there's a bunch of other people in the room for her to read and like True. these are two That's people a good together all the time you know yeah. it's probably she interrupted even rourke you know yeah. And I'm sure that Eve all the time tells it like Mavis, I don't have time right now. I'm like really busy on a case. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's always on a case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. And it's always important. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Mavis I has mean, gotten to I the point where she's like, I just have to do it because she's just going to, uh, otherwise she's just going to like blow me off because she's on a case yeah. and she's always so on a case. You, so why do you keep pushing it? Stop being friends with her. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Jen. Because if she like tagged Eve, Eve would be like, I can't talk right now. I can't write, talk right now. And Mavis would be like, God, when am I actually going to tell you this? Right. Yeah. She, yeah. Obviously, Eve is a person in this situation. I get it. I get it. It's just that's why I'm like, this scene makes me so sad because I want them to both be able to really get that moment together of, you know, like that's really important. And Eve realizes it later how important it is that. Yeah. Mavis tell her this and what she is to Mavis as her best friend and stuff. She's just not in the right mind to be able to handle that right now. And that's not any fault. It's not Mavis's fault, you know, and it's her fault, but it is. That's why I'm always like, Oh, this scene makes me so sad because I want them to have it. (laughs) They had it. I mean, they had it. Yes. And, it, and it's. And I'm sorry, but who calls their embryo even Eva Rourke? I mean, honestly, it's just. I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> what? <laughs> you think, are you saying that people? I mean, there are people that have their baby names picked out when they're, you know. I know. High but, school. But do you call it by your best friend and her husband's name? Maybe. But, I mean. If she's she's making it a joke though like she's just like we're gonna do yeah. this and, it's a and dumb joke clearly not serious about it's it <laughs> i don't dumb. know like if, if my if i knew my best friend well one i'm not having children but if i knew my best friend would react the way Eve does i'd probably do the same fucking thing <laughs> because it's real fun to roll them up all right i mean i totally get naming the you know i mean i called danielle mo the entire time before she came because I didn't know what it was going to be, what she was going to be. So we called her mom. I feel like, yes, but I feel like this is a sweet moment. It is. It. I mean, it is. I guess I'm just a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> what? 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 No. Yeah. The funny part is like, he yeah. doesn't know how to react. And um, Mavis is all like, you know, touch it. Like, grabbing her yeah. hand and touching it and he's like yeah, logically no. she knows it's not catching but you just never know like yeah, yeah pregnancy's <laughs> contagious. i love that that made me laugh yeah eve's all like oh jesus maybe i shouldn't touch it <laughs> <laughs> so um so right after that is when eve has a meeting set up with the cop that has crossed with all this Dwyer mm-hmm. and she meets with him and uh, he's not any more helpful than Clarissa Price was, no. you know, and she in fact asks him about Clarissa Price and whether or not he thought that she would be somebody that might take the law into her own hands. And then he gets all pissed off at her. Yeah. And- he's, he's just like, 
gruff and terrible from the beginning though like no right the way that he reacted to her saying that made me think like hmm yeah Mm -hmm. i mean says that uh she walked out then simply sat in her vehicle there was quite a bit sticking in her craw she thought the latest was her instincts telling her that a man who'd been a pretty good cop had crossed the line somewhere along the way yeah and again you know it's it's tough as a reader because you kind of see like yeah i mean i it's if you were in that position as a police officer and you see these horrible things happening to children and you do your best to arrest these people and now they're in court and because of some technicality they get off and then you're like they've hurt children and you're just letting them go on a technicality it's tough it is you know 100 percent. that's what she meant you to feel you know oh for sure yeah and it's a very smart thing to do as a writer. I mean, that's what she meant you to feel. You, you, you're meant to feel conflicted throughout this whole thing. I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, knowing that Eve is right the whole time, that she has right. to catch these people, right. they need to be stopped. Right. But on the other hand, like, kind of sympathizing with these people a little bit, like, yeah. you know. I don't know if it's necessarily sympathizing with them, but more just the pure philosophy of it understanding what like i think understanding is the wrong word but seeing where they're coming from and understanding that yeah they're probably very frustrated because the the system didn't help them the way that it should have or it it would be good if it could you know and like there's all this bureaucracy and and red tape and like we're understanding that because we spend so much time with cops anyway but it's, I think, I think seeing where they're coming from and, and kind of following that trajectory doesn't mean that you're sympathizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's a fine line. And I think that that comes back to not feeling sad that people who are shitty are no longer alive, but it sucks because, you know, literally they died because their brains exploded, you know, <laughs> right. Even if they were trash humans, that's not what we're going for. Right. Right. But again, you know, I mean, yeah, they're trash humans, but then who decides? Who decides that? Decides, right? Yeah. Decides. Yeah. And well, that's... I mean, I decide all, all the time who trash humans are, but I don't well, yeah, but <laughs> you don't murder anybody over yeah. it. No, I don't have that kind of energy or resources. That's true. Although Jen knows where to hide all the bodies in Michigan. So Yeah, there but, you I go. Also, but I also don't have the energy to kill anybody. So right, you know, right. We're just like way. like, yeah, I could yeah, yeah I could do yeah. it. I can, you know, I've got the brains to figure it out. I'm just too fucking lazy to do it. So it's fine. <laughs> it's never going to happen. If anyone has ever figured for their lives, you don't have to worry because we're too lazy to Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, this is one of those books where she's like constantly running around, just here, there, here, oh, yeah. there, she back forth, back forth. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes back to the house, back to the mansion, and now Mira's waiting for her. And like everybody's showing up, like this yeah. is one of those books yeah. where we're like, Nora, we seriously, we have to see everybody. Yeah, I think the only ones we don't see are Charles and Louise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have literally no reason to be there, and I think I would have been. Well, you'd think that he, they would though, with McNabb and Peabody both being injured. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd they said, it. well, we'll like, bring him home, oh, and then God. and then Somerset will take care of him. 
Yeah, but Somerset's not a doctor. Right. So, that, yeah, that's surprising that they didn't say, like, well, let's call Louise let's to call come Louise. in. And, yeah. So, take that, yeah, you know, so off, the, off the list yeah. of. It, it would be too much, but <laughs> why weren't they there? Because hmm. well, so we've got Mavis instead, Jen, and I know you're pleased. Yeah. <laughs> Mavis announcing well, she's pregnant. We had Webster, too. We did have Webster. Webster. We didn't talk about him. We didn't mention that. But yeah, we did have Webster and Eve basically saying like, hey, can you go easy on this kid? Because, but also um, right after this is when Eve kind of asked Rourke if he could get into the sealed records Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. 25 kids that they are looking at. Yeah. And, um, I mean, once that, you know, gets out, because she figures out that one of the kids, um, Devin Dukes, his father is ex-military and he's also a computer, I don't want to say computer hacker, but he's a computer expert, computer programming scientist, I think it was. Computer scientist, yeah. And she's like, well, you know, he's my prime suspect now. So she takes Peabody to go question him mm-hmm. and of course he gives her nothing but right. he she gets a sense of who he is uh but once that gets out they see that she's questioned this guy now they're like now iab's like how did she know where to go right mm-hmm. you know who gave her that information yep so now webster has to come back to her office and question her about where she got that information how she got into sealed records mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he knows. I mean, he's yeah, not. Of course, stupid. he knows. Of course, that whole scene was, you know, very him, very deadpan, asking her the specific questions. Did you very specifically worded questions? Yes, because yeah. he knows. But if I ask yeah. her these questions, and if she's smart and just answers the question I ask, like, did you force anyone to get into? Sealed yeah. records, and she can say no. Yeah, did you coerce anyone? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, I, when, I, she, when, when she said coerce, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know well, about that. I, I mean, think he words those questions very specifically, very much. Give her the yeah. out because he's not an idiot, right? Exactly. But yeah, so, and then we already talked about the scene where they're at dinner, and yeah, she gets that thought in her head like oh this is my family we also which we'll revisit we skipped over a little bit too um we'll revisit in a few books here is mira's reminiscing about her parents and Mm. her past right and for anyone who's reading the first time spoiler alert but yeah um she had told eve way back in glory that she had been raped by her stepfather and now she's having this whole reminiscing thing about how she had such a great uncomplicated childhood right right and that is one of the that is one of the mistakes that nor made a point to go back and correct right because we were all like wait a minute minute. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so she goes back and in a few books here and eve calls her out on it and right it's explained away it's kind of a 
half-ass explanation, I think, but. Well, I mean, it works. It works. Yeah. yeah. I, I mostly give her credit for addressing it. I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what I wanted to say with the, uh, with the dinner thing is it just makes me laugh that like clearly uh, Jamie and Eve, Eve are on the same page as far as Somerset's concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Culling, Somerset the Walking Dead, and oh. we're going, Jamie. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Walking Dead. I also think, known as Somerset. I think, I think Jamie gives Somerset Eve vibes. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they've said it many exactly. times that, you know, Jamie is pretty much already a cop. Yeah. And he's giving Somerset cop vibes, I think is what it is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's so funny because he's so, it depends on the cop because he's like, he's crazy about Peabody. Yeah. But he has no problems with Feeney or McNabb or Baxter or Trueheart or any of the other ones. It's just, right. just Eve. And, and now apparently Jamie. also just, well, Jamie <laughs> broke into the house, so. Right. And that's kind of, I think, what started it. But also, you know, that's why Rourke respects him. It's like, right. holy shit, this kid got over my security. <laughs> what the hell? That's amazing. This, this guy knows some stuff. Well, that, and he's such a smart ass about it, too. Right. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I think Rourke sees himself in Jamie, too. Right. He's seen even him, but he also sees himself in him. Right. So. But it's interesting, though, that uh, Somerset disliked Eve right away. And Rourke is crazy better, and Somerset yeah. dis- dislike Jamie right away, and Rourke and and you know is crazy about Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. He very much is you know kind of Jamie's protector after everything that happened. So yeah, yeah, and it's so nice to check in with him every now and then. You know, yeah. He doesn't pop yeah. up a lot, I, but he pops up a lot enough where Jamie stuff in the right yeah. dosage. Yep. So yeah, they look into the the records of the that had been sealed. She and Rourke privately in yep. his um, secret com- computer room, and then they had secret computer room sex. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they even, no, they did once. So did they even have sex in a bed in this book? But they did the last time, I think. Yeah, because they're the first time they it was like it was in, in the garden. garden. Yeah, yeah. That scene is hot. That's one of the hottest scenes in the series, honestly. It, it really, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's one of those, it's another one of those, they've had these um, sex scenes before where she's oh, in yeah. danger. She's in danger and it's all intense and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. or she had been in danger and now she's out of danger and now Rourke's yeah. like, you know, yeah. needs to oh, yeah. get some of that frustration out that yeah. he felt. And that's how you do it. I'm but she told Peabody that same thing. Like, well, yeah, that's, like, that's what I do. Um, that's what Rourke does I mean, too. Rourke has sex with Eve. Uh, you know. And that's okay. not an option for McNabb either. <laughs> <laughs> or Baxter. Or Baxter. <laughs> so, or Webster. Um, but, you know, that same night is when we're seeing uh, Peabody and McNabb have their little argument in their oh, room yeah. and McNabb's telling Peabody, you know, Oh, you woe is me. Woe is me. And, yeah. 
It's can't such be. a valid thing that he's. It feeling. really is, and yeah. I know I always feel for him there. You know, and I mean, I, it's... and I always feel for her because she's not having it, and that's yeah. not what he expected. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely growth in their relationship. It really is. Yeah. And neither of them really realize where they're at until this happens, and this it's another big fiction trope you know like the people realizing that they're in love with each other after something traumatic happens right that there's some merit to that Mm -hmm. because you know you you don't god like this is literally the most basic thing ever but like you don't know what you have until right it's gone and it's like wait hold on and even though they're cops and they're probably they probably should be a little more aware of the fact that they live these very. I mean, I think they do. I think any cop is going to have that, you know, yeah. you but know, have that, just really have a different perspective on that than we do. But yeah, I right. don't know. I, I find it. I, I like this scene because it doesn't go the way that it suggests it would go. A hundred percent. I think it's a fantastic scene. I love it. I think it's lovely. I just, I always, I always cheer up a little bit actually. Because <laughs> and I always laugh when he says she gets bent pretty easily. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's like truer words right there. <laughs> I was going to try and piss you off because you get bent pretty easily. Like, I really appreciate that she doesn't go, I will fucking murder you for saying that because that's what I would be like. Like, come on. But it's so true. Come on. Peabody gets pissed off for the dumbest ass reasons. I mean, yeah, she does. Yeah. When it comes to McNabb, when it comes to McNabb, she does. I mean, seriously. Come on. Like, girl, let some shit go. Seriously. I mean, that's it's just it's a very humid part of her, you know. We all have our things. <laughs> we we do. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, I love Peabody and I I, I ship Peabody and McNabb hard. So So um this is the scene then after that they go to breakfast where um everybody's in except for Peabody and McNabb are at breakfast and then Peabody and McNabb come in and everybody sees that yeah. uh, McNabb is now walking with a cane, but, but walking up and walking. And it's a big moment for both, especially Eve and Feeney. And they yeah, have yeah. another one of those like very subtle touchy feely moments between yeah. them. You know, I love all the touchy feely moments between the two of them in this. Yeah, such a great theme book. Yeah, I mean, really... it's just a great theme book. If they right. were real people, they'd be so mad at us for saying all of this. Oh, I know, but it, I mean, it's just—it really is. So yeah, so after that is when she goes and questions the family, the Dukes's, mm-hmm. and now is pretty sure that Donald Dukes is uh, involved in this whole thing oh, yes first of all they ask him about their son about his son Devin, and uh, the guy tells him that his son had died basically overdosed um so again you know i mean you're on the one hand you do kind of feel for this guy because his of son course. has died on the other hand he's a dick because you know eve's kind of like piecing together that the kid was maybe having a lot of issues um, being in this house with this really strict parent that was, you know, ex-military or whatever, but him maybe could have been gay based on information that Eve has seen. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, you feel sad for the kid, you know, 
it happens so yeah, often really in a family like that where parent is very strict and very rigid or whatever and finds out that one of the kids is gay and is like you know not having it um and eve also sp- suspects because there's a point at which uh the records show that after the kid has a sexual encounter with fitzhugh after which uh when they reported it the kid had also been beat up and eve is kind of thinking like that wasn't fitzhugh that may probably was the father so just kind of like establishing this guy is a pretty big dick you know yeah he really is after that is when they get another kind of like manifesto or statement from the purity seekers oh, who yes, are, yes, yes, yes. yeah, who are, you know, we just want to let you know that we're very sad about, you know, the police officer that lost their life and blah, blah. And Eve's like very pissed off about that because, you know, yeah, how dare they? Yeah. And Eve is basically saying, you know, is it, isn't anyone hearing what I'm hearing? Don't any of you worry your poor silly heads over any of this. We'll take care of it. We'll decide who's guilty, who's innocent, who lives, who dies. And if, gee, somebody gets caught in the crossfire, it's not on us. You know, I mean, that's essentially what they're saying. Yeah. Like, well, you know, oh, well, sorry. Right. So sad, you know, and she's especially feeling it because that day is the day that they're doing the memorial for Kevin Halloway. that she has to go to she goes to this memorial and sees the mother sees the fiance you know she's feeling like crap and i think the mother asked to to talk to eve and like Mm -hmm. tells her that her son knew who eve was and kind of admired her a little bit and you know you know he she was trying to get eve to understand why why her son might have done or said what he said yeah. You know, while all this was happening and, you know, I mean, but he's like, it's not anybody's fault. It's purity seekers. They're the ones that did this. Your son had nothing to do with it. That's so like, she's such a gracious person. Mm-hmm. I really, really think she is very gracious about this whole thing. And, you know, I mean, Eve, he, and again, here's, I don't understand why people don't like Eve. I really don't because, um, and she, you know, the mother said that she was very proud of her son, obviously. And it says, uh, after they talked, Eve rose and went to the door. Then she turned around and said what was on her mind. Mrs. Holloway, he must've been awfully proud of you too. And, you know, I mean, she didn't have to say that. No, she didn't. I, I love that she says that. Yeah. And then as soon as she does that, then she's like, accosted by jenna franco and chang who are all pissed off at her who are so good at just ruining a perfectly lovely scene right they really are. because she i guess she um made some kind of statement they're really pissed off about it you know she made a statement without clearing it with them first oh yeah they don't like that she like what i what i think is really funny about this whole thing is that what what eve says doesn't really say anything like it's not like she's giving anything away right not a really suspicious reaction from them that they're not like hey don't do that again we didn't approve that like that's i get that but at the same time she didn't actually say anything right she She didn't responded and i'm just like "Mm, 
maybe you'd be like, just don't do that again. But no, they're like, you were not like, I mean, Chang is always a fucking psychopath about everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> you were not and, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, calm the hell down. It's, she didn't give away information. She didn't do anything. Like, she's been doing this for a while, guys. Right. You're, you're right. fucking uptight about this, which is suspicious. Suspicious. Right. Exactly. Or so. as the kids nowadays say, it's very sus. <laughs> is that the kids that nowadays the, say? Is that what the kids yeah. say? Chang, Chang is like, Chang is sus. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. I heard a kid say that, one of my kids say that, and I was like, I'm sorry, you can't say the full word. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's the thing you've learned today that I learned from. <laughs> I had right. Yeah. Sus. <laughs> cool. So then, of course, you know, now Eve's all pissed off, and she leaves the uh, funeral, and she's all pissed off, and. Rourke follows her out and buys her chocolate because <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what Rourke does. That's what you do mm-hmm. when he uses piss, you know. Chocolate. Yeah. yeah. So after that is when they have the second meeting. She has a second meeting with Webster, who asks her all the questions about how she got into the sealed files. All right. And then it apparently Baxter who's a rock star in this in this uh book has found some information <laughs> on <clears throat> detective sergeant dwyer which is that he has been uh dating clarissa price whoa so it's a pretty which big bombshell which he was totally like totally on to already oh yeah hundred percent right <laughs> but this just you know confirms it right Right after that, they get another call and somebody else has been killed. Right? Absolute yeah. purity had had been achieved. Yeah. And this is Nick Green, right? And this is yeah. Nick Green yeah. who yes. makes uh porn vids. Child porn, yes, but uh, it, it kind of sounded like he did anything he that was, yeah. yeah. He he yeah. pretty much did anything that you know anybody wanted a lot of shady shit you know as far as that's concerned and um the problem here is that he had a young woman living with him at the time and he killed her as well yeah killed her and then killed killed himself so another innocent person right has been killed which is unfortunate so um a lot of the next couple of Chapters are just them, you know, investigating the green murder. Right. You know. And going through all the porn discs and, and discovering yeah. all the porn. Yeah. Well, yeah. they had discovered the porn, but um at this point in time, they didn't realize because he didn't connect. I think that was what it was. He didn't connect like the rest of them and, and right. She was trying to figure out why, you know, why they had targeted him because he didn't connect to any of the kids. And um, then that's when, you know, she was kind of looking at his financials and asked work to look at his financials because he had all this money. But 
you know, his income stream didn't match that though. The income income stream that they could find didn't match all the money he had coming in or his financials. He, he had bought a bunch of like really expensive stuff and he had a really expensive apartment. And she was like, these financials don't, yeah, something doesn't add up. And that's when they, you know, figure out, Oh, maybe he's been blackmailing people because he's a video guy. So, you know, maybe he's got videos, Um, but they didn't find anything like that when they first went through the apartment. Right. So of course Eve takes Rourke over to the apartment because yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as you do, as you do. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so they get the, videos that this guy was using to blackmail people and they find on the videos a uh, a video an explicit video of the mayor Ooh. so <laughs> and then it's like oh shit <laughs> yeah exactly so they're like oh maybe the mayor's involved and i think at some point they said that the purity seekers have been getting like transmissions from the mayor that the mayor had never showed up at any of their. Uh, is um, it Dwyer that says that it came from the? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah because she talked to him and and convinced him to roll over on all the rest of purity. Oof, right. That's a rough scene too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they found a bunch of. He kept diaries. Yeah, the diaries and like she puts herself through watching that diary too you know yeah video diaries Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah eve looks through the uh videos and yeah that's when she sees the mayor dressed as a woman yeah giving giving a blowjob to some guy that scene is almost amusing but it's just not quite there yeah Yeah. right like with Rourke's work and ease reactions i'm like yeah almost amusing but it's actually not so right well and they had another video of like some prominent woman in the community who is like having sex with a dog dog yeah and you know it's a lot of just weird shit you know yeah but a lot to use to blackmail people yeah oh for sure so Obviously, they found another motive. So um, now she's got to call Whitney and also Tibble and tell them that, you know, we've got compromising videos of the mayor. So he may be it involved. It just gets better and better, doesn't right? it? Right? I mean, <laughs> there's just so much of this. Like, she's probably like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. It's a normal, like, domestic violence case or something. So anyway, yeah, Eve tells uh, Whitney and Tibble that here's what's going on. And I think that this guy was blackmailing people. And from Dwyer, she got the location of where they have their meetings. And I think she also found out that the Dukes, yeah, she went back to question them, like Tara said, and uh, found that they were, they had been, uh, you know, they had moved or they had been, you know, they're on a long vacation or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Oh, and then we get the lovely little old ladies. I think they're fantastic. Right. (laughs) Who didn't like Dukes anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Poor dog pooped in in his yard. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, uh, how dare your dog do a thing that dogs do? A thing that dogs do, right? Yeah. But no, they're the little old ladies are a nice reprieve too right. because things are lost so dramatic. Right. So yeah, again, you know, she has Dwyer roll over on these people, so she knows what they're, you know, kind of located, and so she sets up this operation to go in and pick up these people at this church where they're meeting. Oh, well, Dwyer gives her the location of, oh, and he also gives her the other person who was infected. Right. Who is Drew Geller? Drew Geller. Yeah. That was the next person on the list. So right. Eve and decides so, that so they have the to. She's the only other one who has been infected. Right. So um, Eve decides she, she has to get over there pretty quick to try to save Drew Geller. And, you know, by the time they get there, Drew Geller's already gone, you know, crazy. crazy. Yeah. And attacks Eve with a, with a, a scissors. Yeah. Scissors. But Eve kind of like dodges and then the scissors, you know, injures Peabody. Peabody. So yeah, Peabody gets it pretty bad. And I just, like how you know right away Peabody wants to go back to work after she's been seen by the right. hospital and she's patched up and yeah he is putting together this op and Eve and Eve wants uh Peabody to stay in the van where Feeney is yeah. where he's like monitoring everything you know and Peabody's like no I want to be out I want to be part of this op and and Eve's yeah. like oh yeah okay you can be part of the op sure and then she puts her hand on Peabody's shoulder and starts squeezing and which is really very mean. It's really but mean, but it's, it's very mean. Kind of, it's also like, well, <laughs> you gotta get that point across. I'm just yeah, saying. Perfect. Well, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, what one thing about that we didn't talk about is the scene when McNabb comes in and even Rourke are um waiting for Peabody. And um she has Eve has a bit of a meltdown over over this whole thing she's like you know the whole what is the point conversation yeah. mm-hmm. i think that that's a really important scene too yeah for sure Just kind of showing ease vulnerability and then like mcnab witnessing it i think is really right. very fascinating right. um and also him kind of being like you know he doesn't he doesn't come for her and he's not like oh my god what happened he's like these are the things that happen when you're a cop but it's right now literally like a couple days earlier could have died is like these are the things that happen when you're a cop well understanding and just i think the voice eve needs to hear in that moment and i think yeah because eve's kind of beating herself up because she knows that she she, really is she dodged didn't think of peabody being behind her she just dodged dodged, yeah yeah and so eve is saying it's all my fault you know and it's you know right. McDab's like no you know no it's, so yeah I mean that was I love that I love that interaction between the three of them there I think it's really nice it is very nice agreed this is kind of slightly off topic but I made a note about this because I okay. I know that was maybe it was me that brought it up on the forum um, okay. uh so Drew Geller. <laughs> I, I don't know why it hit me at, at some point um, that 
because uh, I don't know what what year is this? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Somewhere in there. And a year or two before, there was a movie called Never Been Kissed, and it starred Drew Barrymore, who played Josie Geller. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> and I wondered. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. Yeah, Grossy Josie. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. I love that I know. Movie. Me too. That's why when I, when I saw that, I was like, huh. I wonder. Michael Vartan. He's so cute in that movie. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. <laughs> it's a great Aww. movie. It's really so is. <laughs> you ever seen that, Tara? No, I don't. Oh think I my God. God. Yeah, you are missing it's out. So great. You are missing yeah. out. It's so great. Drew Barrymore and Michael Vartan and uh, what's his name? David Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's really. Yeah, that's got to be one of my all-time favorite yep, movies. Same. Yep, it's top ten for sure. If not, right. not yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that's kind of a coincidence. Yeah, she named this woman Drew Geller. Yeah. I mean, it's spelled differently. Drew, it's spelled differently, but right. But yeah. you know, but I mean, no, I'm with you. Yeah, is it a coincidence, or did she kind of like? Did she do it on purpose? Did she see the movie and go like, oh, okay? Drew Geller. That's my character name. She's got to get character names from somewhere. From somewhere. Yeah. So. Hmm. Good question. Hmm. At some point when she's talking to Whitney and Tibble about having found this video of the mayor. Right. And what it means and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tibble made some kind of comment about like. Oh, about her making bad choices in her personal life. mm -hmm. Yeah. Or he didn't say bad, but he said, you know, certain choices. Oh, yeah, her choices. From yeah. Her, yeah. Which she already knew. I mean, she's not yeah. stupid. That kind of came out in interlude, you know. Right. So, right. She already knew that. Right. But Tibble, now it's saying, now it's the chief yeah, saying. Tibble's flat out saying it. Yeah. Which, yeah. I think he apologized for as soon he as does. he said it. Like, he does. Yeah. But um, there's this moment between Eve and Whitney where you know, Whitney tells her, like, you know, you deserve the bars. Yeah. Eve says to him, they don't matter. And he says, fuck it. This is between you and me here in this room. You deserve to wear the bars. You've earned them. If it was only a matter of merit, you would wear them. Regrettably, it's not only a matter of merit. Your age is a consideration. And she says, I'm aware my personal life is a factor in this matter, that my marriage to work, who is regarded in some quarters, certainly within the department with suspicion. And he says, I hope you are equally aware that your marriage isn't regarded as a detriment in this office. I mean, I think she's eventually going to get Captain's bars anyway, so it doesn't matter. But well, still. she's offered, they're offered to her later on in the series. Right. And she but, turns around. You know, why stop being a dick, people? Like, why do you keep bringing this up? Like, you know, if it wasn't for your bad choices, like this is the second time right. you like, eh, like your bad choices. And now yeah. you can't be. I don't think Whitney and Tibble meant it as her bad choices. I mean, I mean, they were just kind of letting her know that that's kind of what the word on the street is, is that's why she's not a captain yet. It's because of that. But, you know, with what's his name, Skinner, that certainly was what he was saying. Like, you made a bad choice by marrying a criminal. Right. Um, yeah. 
but I don't think I don't think Tibble and Whitney mean it that way. I think they're just well, no, Tibble, I don't think they do either, but it's it's just a thing that keeps coming up, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's I frustrating. Certainly don't think I certainly don't think Whitney thinks that at all. I think he no, well, he makes that he makes that very he, clear. He that. does not. Yeah. No. At all, and no. I don't think Tibble does either. But we just don't know him as well, you know. Right? Yeah, this is so frustrating. Like, stop it bringing it yeah. up, then. Yeah, yeah. Digs. Exactly. You don't even know. Dicks. <laughs> you don't even know. Not being dicks. Yeah. So yeah, they um, they go into this church and they arrest all these people. <laughs> yeah, they bust them all. <laughs> totally. Man, so. I um. One of the one of my favorite lines in the entire series is 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 when um she says Baxter read this bunch of heroes or rights. I just love that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's just such a power line and I just it's one of my favorites. Always sticks yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I there's also a really really great scene where they get back home and she finds Jamie like in the computer room, but he's playing okay. some kind of a baseball game. And yeah. um, she says to him, you know, I was against Rourke bringing you onto the team. I was wrong. You did a stand-up job. And it's like, Oh, I know. I love that. And I, and he's, he's playing a game and he's like, you want to, you know, yeah. You want to play? Yeah. I, I just, it's nice. me. Yeah. But so, it's not over yet, friends. <laughs> it is not over yet. They get to interview Donald Dukes. Did they interview Donald Dukes? Yes. Yeah. Is that the next thing that happens? Um, oh, no, I think well, they have sex next, right? They have well, sex. They, yeah, they have sex. <laughs> yes, they do have sex. Sex happens in this series, for anyone who missed that. What? Yeah, <laughs> a lot actually. There's a no, lot of sex. So yes, they have early morning pre-dawn sex, but I think before that they, they um didn't they have a leak? They find yes, it happens before she goes in, but she doesn't get to do anything about it right, right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they're talking about, you know, they're talking about her going in and questioning the guy. The and, mayor. Yeah, and um, they're watching TV and there's a bulletin and it's, they broke the news that um, they took down the purity seekers. Uh, Nadine is saying, here's all the people that were, you know, that were arrested. And they, She's like, where did, she, where did she get those names? Right. Yeah, that they were not going to release names yet. And, oh, and then, because Rourke says, listen to the rest. This can't be it. There's no point in this kind of leak. Right. And then right after that, Nadine says, uh, the most disturbing development in the purity matter is the allegations levied against Mayor Stephen Peachtree. So, um, dun, 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 dun. Not a good start to the day. No. No, so she broke breaks the whole thing about you know there's a there's there was blackmail going on and blah blah blah. So now they have to wonder who who it is that leaked all this information, right? But she doesn't. the The interesting thing about it is like she doesn't get a chance to like think about that because she's she's like 
well, Rourke, this is my plan. Rourke's asking her if he can watch the interviews. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can get you to, you know, I can get you in to watch this interview, but I can't promise the mayor. And he's like, no, nah, you can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then right. she goes in. And I think that's when they interview Duke. Because there's a whole point about how she's doing it with Peabody just to piss him off because then it's two women. Right. Right. And then they go in and his lawyers are like, yeah, um, he doesn't want to talk to women. So we'll speak yeah. for him. And he's like, oh, hell no. Right. And then it gets real. This is one of my favorite Peabody in interview moments where she's like getting sassy with his lawyer because his lawyer is being a douchebag. And then Dukes is like, um, says that you think that uniform makes you something and Peabody just bites back at him. And he, and then he was like, um, we're not doing this right now. We're going to all be nice. And they do the whole, what is his name? The, the lawyer says, you can't play the good cop, bad cop routine. And he's like, I'm always bad cop. Right. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. It's just the whole scene is so good. Yeah. So good. And then they get a real interview with Dukes in which he is just awful. And also, you know, I mean, there gets, there comes to a point where, you know, uh, Eve says, you know, you're done, get him out of here, take him down so he can start living the rest of his life in a cage. And then he came at her. Yeah. And then Peabody flipped out her center and nailed him. And then Eve says, damn it, I wanted to do that. Yeah, so now they have to figure out where the leak came from. And yeah, they set up this like sting operation. They really do. And to- Eve totally knows. And then it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. I love so much. Well, the great part is they, you know, they don't, you, you kind of don't know about it. Obviously, they're setting it up, but as a reader, you don't know about it because, yeah. you know, um, you just know that Rourke is in Eve's office and, you know, at a certain point he wants to kiss her and she's like, like you said, you know, I mean, doors closed. Why, you know, right. right. But then she was like, no, no, don't kiss me. Don't kiss me. You know? And like, yeah. he's like, okay. Um, well then we find out later than they had everything wired and bugged and they had cameras. Yeah. Uh, and they were broadcasting and they were they broadcasting yeah, live. It was broadcasting. <laughs> she's like, dude, I kissed me here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, she gets it's actually uh, Franco who is the one that leaked everything. And Franco does the like classic no one will believe you lines of a villain. Like, well, yeah. she's, she's yeah. like, well, no one I, will believe you. I have to have my villain moment where I just talk about how I got away with it. Like, it's so <laughs> great. Because you're like, nah, bitch, you're going down. Yeah. And even, even though you. Even though you don't know exactly how they're monitoring this, you know they're monitoring this. Oh, yeah, especially, I mean, you catch on when she tells Rourke that to go down and yeah. see Feeney because he's... You're like, oh, this is a nice setup. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's the moment where you're yeah. like, mm, something's going down. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, Franco thinks that she's going to be the third female president of the United States after being mayor of new york and then governor and then you know yeah all of that but she is wrong she's wrong 
Yeah. I mean, she's got ambition. She's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of arrogance is just fascinating to me because, like, you got to this point where you, you went through this whole thing and someone has now told you that they know that you are guilty mm-hmm. and whether or not they have evidence, I feel like someone knowing means you're never going to get them out of your hair, you know? Right. And so I'm just like, yeah, but someone knows. So unless you literally like have Eve murdered, <laughs> which right. I'm sure she was going to go for at some point. Right. But like, you yeah. can't, this isn't going to happen for you. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I am definitely wrong because, you know, we live in this country and certain things happen and certain people are not in prison, even though they should be, but you know, but just like in this book, just like in this book. (laughs) And that's really how the book ends. And that's really how the book ends. The book ends with, uh, Eve, uh, Rourke telling Eve she's a hell of a cop. Yep. He is correct. Yep. He is correct. You bet your ass. You bet your ass. So, comments from our listeners on Instagram. Heidi says, this book was super intense. I have high anxiety whenever I read that hostage situation with Halloway. This book was also quite an emotional with true heart thinking he killed someone and McNabb being injured and then being able to walk again, Rourke working on the infected computer. This book was a lot, but so very enjoyable. Indeed, Heidi, we agree. 100%. And Yvonne says in the Facebook group, yet another great early book of the series, definitely in my top 10 so far. Carol, our friend Carol, said, I have a sentimental attachment to Purity because it was the latest book when I started reading the series. Oh. It's Hmm. still one of my favorites. I love the subtle murder weapon, and especially I love True Heart. Eve calls him shiny, and he is. Yeah. He has a solid core of integrity. It was a good contrast to his bitch partner when we first met him, and it makes us feel with him, makes makes us feel with him when he has to deal with his first termination. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Ellis says, Purity was my first in-depth book. I was out of town and had finished the book I was reading and someone gave me a copy. As, as a longtime Nora fan, I had known about in-depth, but because I'm not really into police dramas and mysteries, I had thought that I wouldn't like the series and stayed away. But this one book changed all that. Now I reread them all the time and count down the days until the next release. Happy memories. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I really like that. That makes me happy. Let's see here. Dana on Twitter says, our friend Dana, Purity and Portrait is one of my favorite back-to-back reads. We agree. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good yeah. way to that. So many things happening. Feeney's a hostage. McNabb and Peabody injured. True Heart's take, True Heart taken. Mavis knocked up. Funny bits too. Eva being the mayor and telling telling Debbie, oh, must be Whitney and Tibble and Eve Chang and Whitney read the schedule. Oh, probably telling him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was pretty great. That's pretty great. See, everyone agrees this is a great one. And yes, who are we giving commendations to? I'm gonna go with Baxter because we brought Baxter in for the first time on the team. Right. Really. Yeah. And he's taken on True Heart, and I think that's commendable. And 
And it's Baxter. And it's, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give him one. And it's Baxter. That's, yeah. Tara. I'm going to give one to Whitney. Okay. I really appreciate how he um, he's really he's really batting for Eve on this without I mean like he doesn't have the luxury of of being obnoxious about it he really just handles everything he needs to handle really well and I just appreciate that he trusts her and he doesn't punish her for blowing up in his face at certain times where I really need to like the whole thing about the media like she does know better and and he's giving her he's giving her the freedom to make that mistake i just i really appreciate him in this book a lot right i'm gonna give my commendation to jamie because genius has no age but also you know just like eve said you know he he was a valuable member of that team he did the work of you know anybody twice his age Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he did a great job. Mm-hmm. So I completely forgot to do a trivia question for this. <laughs> Maybe you can throw one into the next episode or something. Yeah, we'll give him one next episode. Well, I can say that um, the uh, last trivia question was Rourke gave Eve a pair of earrings for their anniversary. Who originally owned those earrings and what is the correct pronunciation of their name? <laughs> uh, which uh, asking for the pronunciation, uh, Jen thought was kind of mean. <laughs> but uh, it was answered by Yvonne and Louise and Heidi. They all got it correct. Nice. Um, it, the, it belonged to um, now Susan Erickson says it as. Grania Nawalia. It's Irish, so you can, in different yeah. regions, say it differently. Louise uh, sent an uh, email and she says, she she pronounced it, she said the pronunciation is Grania Moyer. Okay. Which I guess I can kind of see it. It would be better to have somebody here that knows uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> Literally, we just wanted to hear what you thought, where you don't actually have an answer for that part. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but she, what she also says was um, her name was is anglicized to Grace O'Malley, which is correct. Um, and she says, I became aware of her through a biographical musical called The Pirate Queen. Oh, I love The Pirate Queen. Its sure. music and lyrics are by the French writers of the musical Les Miserables, although mm-hmm. it has yet to reach the same level of success. Interesting. So I think I, I think you sent us that email. I think I yeah I remember that, um, that story. On my YouTube channel, uh, I I sing a song from Pirate Queen on my YouTube channel. Really? Yes. There I you love go. Pirate Queen. Check that out. So I'll come up with another a trivia question. I'll we'll read it uh, next week. Next week we're going to yeah. do re-review the reviews re-review because the reviews um, next week. Yeah, we're going to do it early because Tara can't be with us on the twentieth. No, so um uh podcast business we have two new patrons Woo-hoo. i want to say tara but it's not our tara it's a different tara <laughs> and um that's awesome yay yay, yay. 
and Dark Angel 040410. Ooh, Dark Angel. 0410. So, yeah. Love it. Tara and Dark Angel, thank you so much thank for being you. patrons. Thank uh, you. We really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to become a patron, any of you out there, we would really appreciate that too. Go to patreon.com and uh, it's only $4 a month, which is a bargain. And for that, you get an extra uh, podcast every week called The Briefing Room. Now, we do have a new uh, merchandise store. Mm -hmm. Some um, of the stuff on that on the store, guys, is so cool. You need yeah, to go check. Yeah. Um, and what I've done is if you're a patron, I've got a special um, code that you can put in and then you get 25 off 25 percent off of anything in our it's merchandise store yeah. yeah so um that's another benefit that you get as a patron we got an email rosie and rosie says i love your podcast i've been listening since about september but i am up to date with your current podcast i wanted to ask if any of you read the mccade series for audiobooks, Luke Daniels is the narrator, and it's one of my favorites. Oh. J.D. Robb books are my ultimate favorites. Even Rourke, as well as all the cast of characters, are the best and always interesting. Some of them I, I know by heart. I hope to hear from you. Your podcasts are very entertaining. Keep up the excellent work. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. And yes, I have read the McCades. Yes. I haven't, I haven't listened to them. I haven't either. And that's interesting because... Uh, her narrators are usually women. Yeah. So it's interesting that this one has a, a, a male. Well, the McCades are kind of like one of her male-centric series. So that's kind of right. a cool, uh, you know, yeah. because she doesn't do a lot of those, but the ones she does do are so good. Like yeah. and the McCades and, oh, the Sign of Seven. Yeah. I love most of her. The ones that are really focused on the men. She does a really good job with those. Yeah. So somebody, I can't remember how this came up, but I think it, it, I think it came up because somebody was saying that they, on our Instagram, that they're a Nora fan, but they, they're a JD Rob fan, but they hadn't read very much Nora until we started talking about the uh, night tale series. And then they went and got the night tale series right. and they wanted to know like what other books we recommend. So I think, so Next week, we're going to do we review the reviews. And then the week after that, uh, Jen and I are going to do a show on our recommendations for uh, Nora books that you could read if you're a fan of the Indes series. Well, and I mean, just Nora books in general, I think. Or Nora um, books. In, well, then we would say all. All of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much, pretty I much mean, like I all of them. I think, you know, we could give our recommendations of our favorites, which is kind of a long list for me, but. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to cut it down. Maybe we can, we can talk about our um, like top 10 or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's it for podcast business. Can I interject real quick? Sure. Yeah. I think it was maybe a Patreon episode, but it could have been this. I mentioned, um, <sighs> our production of killer party. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so that is still running through July 18th. If anyone would like to support a nonprofit theater, check it out. Um, you could watch me play a very not bright detective. <laughs> and uh, well, the old version of her. Um, and it was fun. 
and I hate virtual theater, but it was fun. Check it out. Support children's theater. It's good times. Uh, the link is in my uh, Instagram. There you profile. go. Check it out. Um, I'll, I won't bring up all of my theater stuff on here because it's annoying. I know, but this is about a detective and I figure that makes sense. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Great. Not annoying. It's awesome. And my hair looks really good in a lot of the scenes. So it looks really well, bad. That right is now. important. It's very As important. Know, it is very important. Because I have a lot of a lot of anxiety about that and my hair looks really good in one of the scenes. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You know, you take it where you can get it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Absolutely. 100 percent So if you want to comment or get in touch with us for any reason you can do so by first of all calling the number call the number call the number call the number, number is 2054762753 and that spells out 2054 Rourke and we uh, had decided that um, if you're somebody that has already called the number um, if you could please get in touch with us and let us know what your address is because we want to send you a little prize. Yeah. We think it's important. You call the number, you should get a prize. (laughs) And I'm not, and I'm not saying it's like a, you know, you're not going to get a car or anything, but you know, we'll give you something. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool price. So you, you want Uh, that. So yeah, if you, um, so if you've called the number, go ahead and send us your, your information so we can get that out to you. Um, apart from the n- number, you can also email us at show at podcastanddeath.com or you can uh, find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook, where we have a Facebook group that you Facebook can, group. that's pretty active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Please be sure to answer the membership questions. Oh, uh, Okay. Because I will not approve anyone that doesn't answer them. Why would you? Because I'm. Because <laughs> I don't want a bunch of bots taking our groups over. If I recognize yeah. your name, obviously I'll approve you. It's just just answer them. They're real easy. It's just who's the main character? <laughs> now everyone's gonna know. And what you follow the rules are. It's not, I mean, it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's it, unless there's something else that you guys want to say. No, that's it. Okay. Um, so for Podcasts and Death, this is AG. This is Jen. This is Tara. And we will see you next week for We Review the Reviews. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in-death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. 
This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-Rourke. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you.